Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It's the July 1st episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It's Friday. NBA free agency is in full swing, uh, I guess as of Thursday, and we're patiently waiting for the start of training camps across the NFL. Hey there, I'm Chris, and with me as always is John. Hey listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we encourage you to do so by slamming on that subscribe button. That's going to let us know that you're out there, and it's going to make sure that you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. Also, if you could do us a favor and share the podcast with your friends and family that may love sports, that would be awesome. Awesome. Uh, we also have umyasports.com, and that's a place where you can head each and every day to get the latest sports news and information curated from around the internet. We hit the socials, we hit the local sites, uh, try to stay away from those big name corporate sites that may have things you don't want to see or hear. We bring it all together for you. It's just the sports, umyasports.com, no ads, uh, no charge to you. Please check it out. Also, we are over on Twitter at um, yeah, sports. We encourage you to jump over there and engage with us. We love talking to you and uh, would love to see you. So with all of that out of the way, John, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Uh, I am doing great. So many things happening in the NBA with free agency. Looks like uh, Rudy Gobert is off to the T-Wolves. He's going to be living life up there in Minnesota. And uh, the T-Wolves are sending back four first-round picks. The 23 first-round pick, 25 first-round pick, 27 first round pick and then like 29 that's crazy <laughs> that, that's like that's way into the future what yeah. do you think about this I, I i can't i i don't like it for multiple reasons all right first of all minnesota doesn't need rudy gobert uh obviously they need a second backup um center to play with uh carl anthony towns however gobert is not a second string guy at least that's not what he's going to want to be he's going to be want to want to be a starting guy but you're not going to bench carl anthony towns for him uh, and then on top of that, you get rid of Patrick Beverly. And on top of that, you get rid of your future uh, as far as draft choices are concerned. So and Beverly Beverly also Yeah, he in was the in package. the trade. So okay. there's uh, four players along with the four picks that they traded. Okay. Patrick Beverly being the biggest loss. Now, I think it's a big loss even for Patrick Beverly going to the Jazz because I think the one, uh, the three, one, two, three punch of Carl um, Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, um, Patrick Beverly – and then D'Angelo Russell, who's going to be gone in the near future as well, as he been has been aggressively shopped around as well. But with Patrick Beverly, he was the type of player that could help the Jazz win basketball games. Or, I mean, um, now he's going to win help the Jazz win basketball games. But the Timberwolves win basketball games, and he has a competitive edge that I really thought blended in well with the young uh, star in Anthony Edwards and played well with an inexperienced but really good Carl um, Anthony Towns as, as far as inexperience in the playoffs. He had that competitive edge in the playoffs. And then you just kind of send him away to the Jazz, which I don't. I think it's going to be a problem for him. This Jazz team has hit a block, a wall that they can't get by, and I don't think Rudy Gobert is to blame for that wall uh, and, and that inability to get past and into the playoffs and advance in the rounds or do anything of that nature. Um I think defensively he gives you a nice edge. He's the type of physical guy that he's going to be no matter where he is um, in, the, in the association. But if I'm the Timberwolves, I don't make this trade. I don't give away my future. I don't trade Patrick Beverly. And I certainly do not want Gobert on, on my franchise, on my squad, because you can find a guy that's not going to take all of that from you. Like take Daniel Tice, who was just traded 
by the Celtics earlier today for Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon? Um, and they sent Neesmith, Daniel Tice, and a 2023 first-round pick if you're the Celtics. That's what you traded to the Pacers to get Malcolm. But you could have maybe gotten a guy like Daniel Tice. You could have gotten Drummond, who left in free agency to go to the Bulls. Like If you make moves like that, that makes sense. Because those are the guys you can put in, and those guys will help you out. But Gobert, now you're, I feel like, is going to have a, a bunch of problems. So overall, I, I don't see the point uh, in trading for him. You did extremely well in the playoffs. You lost to a really good team. Uh, if you're the Timberwolves, you gave a fighting chance against, I think it was Golden State Warriors, I believe. You played really well. Patrick Beverly gave you know hype to the crowd. You had a young squad. Took advantage of a lot of the stuff that needed to be taken advantage of. Once, uh, you know, scored high points, played great defense, got close to basketball games throughout the year. And one of those players that did that so effectively was Patrick Beverly. And then you're going to say, okay, let's deal him off to the Utah Jazz and, you know, take Gobert for, for it. I personally don't think that's the, the, the decision that, you know, should have been made. I mean, over the last, you know, 21 hours or 24 hours, 21 hours, somewhere in there, Andrew Drummond, um, McGee, Javon McGee from the uh, from the Suns, he went away to a different team, um, and then like I said, Daniel Tice just left earlier today, and then you decide to you know to pick up uh, to pick up um, Donovan Mitchell. I just don't see you know the logic behind you know a decision like that. But the other deal that I thought was good and that I, I applaud the team for doing is Joe Ingles went to the to the Bucks, uh, and I think that's a great decision uh, because. Um, he blends in, I think, well with the type of um, roster that the Bucks have as far as their ability to um, – their three-point game because it's Giannis that goes into the paint, drives in there, scores from, you know, up close. But then it's Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and now Joe Ingles that will take the perimeter shooting and rise it to another level. I think he's going to be, a, you know, an effective sharpshooter for the team. I didn't realize he was a free agent when he was in Portland, but, the, you know, Portland had him for a little while. but not able to keep him, so now he's with the Bucks. I think that's interesting. And then they also signed uh, Bobby Portis to another deal. So that's going to be helpful for him. I think um, out of most of the deals that have happened over, over the last 24 hours or so, I think that's one of the deals that's probably my favorite. I think he's going to do – you know, or one of my favorites, but uh, I think he's going to do well for that squad. I, th- I foresee that he's going to be able to blend in well with that culture because he's the type of player that, for the Jazz. I mean, we saw all the time we watched the Jazz over the last couple of years. He's done well with perimeter shooting and that he gets an extra weapon on the perimeter that they can use and kind of work on. Uh, so I think that's going to be really helpful for him. And the last thing from free agency, there's a lot that happened. And we'll touch on one more thing in a few minutes, but the uh, Jalen Brunson deal. Yeah. He went to the New York Knicks on a four-year nearly 110 million dollar contract deal to go play with the knicks uh i think we talked about this before he was even traded but then the rumor was kind of floating out there as a possibility i mean you're 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 thinking about trading everybody on the squad julius randall could be out the door noel just got traded uh and now you go and and all of that or the noel deal they turn to multiple guys just to get free up cap space to sign brunson but you're going to bring Brunson in, and what is he going to do for your squad? I mean, he's not the player that you know can give you the the contact dunks like Giannis or a Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or anyone like that. He's not going to give you that type of finishes. He might hit you know a couple of difficult off you know uh, you know lopsided shots, hit a couple of difficult shots, maybe hit a few three pointers. Yes, I get it. In the playoffs, he helped the the Dallas Mavericks out and was a good key piece, but they needed Luka Doncic. Like, it wasn't like they were going to just, you know, 
blow through the playoffs and get to the Golden State Warriors with just Brunson on that squad. They needed everyone. They needed uh, Dinwiddie. They needed Luka Doncic. They needed um, Powell. They needed everyone that was on that squad. But now you're saying, let's get rid of all these guys, free up cap space, pay him ridiculous sums of money, and then expect him to be the lifeblood of the next team. I don't see that helping at all. I think that could be one of the biggest busts of this um, of this free agency. Uh, paying that much money for a guy... Uh, like Brunson, and over that much time, four years, now you're kind of locked up in a situation. I think a trial run would have been something that they probably should have done if they couldn't get the deal. I don't think that's that big a deal for them. I think they're a little bit desperate to start winning uh, basketball games. They had a really good hyped-up season, and then they got eliminated by the Hawks uh, two seasons ago, struggled this uh, season, and now they're just kind of getting rid of people and seeing what they can do and try to get it on the upturn. I don't think Brunson's the type of person that's going to give that to you. We, I could be completely wrong, but as far as I can tell, and from what I see, I think he's a great basketball player. I think he's a good key piece, like a Patrick Beverly would be. But he's not the type of person that you're going to build, you know, your franchise on top of. You need a, you need an all-star player before, and then add a guy like that in. But ultimately, it was a really interesting, you know, start. Kevin Durant flowing around as an option that he could be on the move. Jay Crowder. Well, actually, let's let's t- let's stop and talk a little bit about that. Where's where's KD going? I mean, he wants the Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat. Okay. Um, now, what Phoenix, about the Celtics? Hadn't we heard some rumors about the Celtics? I mean, every team. So literally every team within 20 minutes of it happening, half the league called the you know the Nets yeah. about, we want them, we want them, we want them, we want them, we want them. So I think there's going to be a certain amount of uh, of teams like the Celtics or you know like the Bulls or, and these teams that aren't probably going to give up the, what they actually need to to get these teams that are like, oh, they're interested, oh, they're interested. I think those are kind of some of the you just kind of have to throw to the side. The Phoenix Suns in the, in the uh, Heat are interesting because he wants to go there. Uh, jo- Joel Embiid said he wants the ownership to do everything possible to get Kevin Durant. And when I read that, my first thought, I posted this when I, on that article on Twitter, you could read it, but I just basically said, what did the, what do the Nets want from you that they don't already have? They got Drummond from you, got Steph Curry or uh, Steph Curry's brother from you. They got literally everyone they could possibly need from you. They're not going to be wanting anything else from you. So I don't think that's going to be that much of an option. And I hear also Portland is in that, in that race, um, because you got to look at teams and you look at the teams that are actually going to, you know, have an opportunity to land them. A, you have to look at, you know, teams that are can pay him what he's worth. You have to look at teams that have enough to give up because they want to, I think they said like two all-star players and some draft choices. So they're going to have to give up a substantial piece of their team to get anything like that to work. So to think teams like the Bulls or, you know, the Celtics or uh, the Jazz or any of those teams are going to, or even, you know, the 76ers are, are in the running. I think there's a little bit, you know, uh, of a wrong opinion on everything i think there's a very small group of teams that actually stand a fighting chance to get them i really don't think phoenix uh is in that situation i don't think they're in that running i think they're kind of on the outside looking in a little bit right now because there's not i mean maybe even the spurs the spurs could be an option as well however they did give up a lot of their players uh, over the last few months and We'll talk about them in Deontay Murray left, you know, and got traded. But uh, there's interesting, there's a lot of interesting options. But like I said, I think the Phoenix Suns are probably not going to be in those options simply because they've said they do not want Aiton on their squad. They don't, they don't want that trade. And that's one of the only pieces that Phoenix would actually be willing to give up in a trade that, is, that actually has some, you know, value. And that's because they got Royce O'Neal. 
maybe the Knicks, if they're willing to give up, you know, some of those pieces that they've been willing to give up, that's a possibility as well. But uh, ultimately, I think there's, like I said, I think there's a very short list of teams that actually stand any sort of chance to get him. Uh, that list is going to get smaller and smaller as things move along. I've heard rumors also that the Lakers want to do a, you know, two-way uh, two-way deal where they get Kyrie Irvin plus Kevin Durant because Kyrie and Kevin Durant have both said they want to play together in the near future. Um, so that's another option kind of floating out, or, you know, out and around there right now. Ultimately, it's going to take some time uh, before, you know, things actually kind of get to the point where we kind of see – you know, what's happening and where, you know, where he's going to go. I don't think that's going to come out, you know, immediately. I think this can take some time. However, once he is on the move, uh, it's going to shake the NBA in a, in a big way because they're going to get a lot for him. And I believe the player that he team that he goes to, if he goes to a team like Miami, uh, that team, which I think would be a really good move by him, go to Miami and help that team across the finish line because then they become contenders. That's one of the only teams that are just sitting on the edge of the fringe of being contenders and not being contenders that have enough to give up and still be considered contenders. So a lot of interesting things that could go down. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, however, like I said, I, I think there's, you know, a few teams, but I think the, the, the heat would have to be the top of the list just because he said that's something that he wants. Okay. Are the Hawks a better team with DeJounte Murray? Uh, I think I think he, I think so. Um, I think with a lot of the um, guys that they have, I think adding a guy like uh, Murray in there, I think that just gives them an extra level of um, dynamics that they don't already have. He's a good shooter. He's a good defensive. Good uh, good assist. I saw a stat like they both um, Trey and and Murray both had the same amount of assists last season, and that was like the first time that's ever happened or something like that. I think that was what it was. So ultimately, I think they, may, they it makes them a more dynamic team. I think him, Trey Young, uh, Capella, uh, and these different guys that they kind of have on their roster, I think they're shaping up to be a good team uh, in the near future. I think with that pickup, that makes them even better. John Collins has been kind of thrown around as an option and something that could be on the move, at, at, you know, leaving that team. However, I, I think this, this uh, Hawks team has been sitting on that fringe of being content and not being contenders for a while um, and kind of coming into the playoffs kind of not I think now this kind of pushes over the edge and I'm excited to see what the future of the you know uh, of this Hawks team is okay let's uh, shift gears let's I told you the uh, you know training camps are coming up yes okay we're in July July 1st so you know training camps I think start kicking off here in the next uh, few weeks what going into uh, into training camp season what are your top five NFC teams Tampa Bay uh i think starting from number five okay uh i think you had to put the vikings uh, in there i think the dalvin cook uh plus um justin jefferson adam thielen offense that they have i I think kirk cousins might take it down a little bit but i think offensively they're very strong okay Uh, i think they have a chance to be very good this year so i put them at number five okay i would put the cowboys on this list however Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott, one is struggling with injuries, which is not his fault. The other one can't hold on to the football. So I, I don't think you can put them, you know, that high on the list. Another team I would say is on that list is the Eagles. Uh, I think they're going to have a good year. I think the A.J. Brown pickup boosts them in, in that conversation and puts them very high on that list uh, just because 
there AJ AJ Brown being on that on that team now opens up Donovan Mitchell and then Jalen Hurts is getting better plus you add all those pieces that they added in free agency I think it was Hassan Reddick uh, went there and then you have um, uh, Fletcher Cox is on that team and then you got Darius Slay they got a very good defense and offense uh, and I think they're gonna you know run wild in the NFC uh, I I think they're gonna probably win out that division like I said I think the Cowboys are a close sixth. But I, I I don't think I can put them on you know too high on that list. It just depends on you know what they end up looking like, you know, in the near future. It pains me not to put them on the list just because I you know I like them, yeah, uh, you know a lot. I would put Seattle on the list, but I'm not going to because Seattle has a lot of rebuilding to do. Seattle? No, no, I said I would, but they have a lot. Of, but we don't. I think I, no, we were, this is the top five. That's not the bottom five. Not the not the not the bottom five. Top five. Top five. The uh, San Francisco 49ers. What, uh, what number put, are we on? By the way, I lost, uh, lost track. We're number three. We're at number three. Okay. Uh, I would put the San Francisco 49ers there because okay. I really like the team that they are putting together. I think they're going to have you know a great season, uh, and I, I just think they're going to kind of sweep through. And I just realized my top five is not big enough. Okay. Uh, I think you kind of have to put the Bucks there. You have to put the Rams there, and then I also like the Lions. So um, I think if you got to look at number two, I would put the Bucks there. I think the Bucks are going to be really good uh, this next season. I think they are, the only question mark kind of remains now is what are they going to look like with um, uh, with uh, Gronkowski being gone, unless, of course, yeah. he unretires, which I did a poll on MES Sports, and the majority of the fans say that he will be coming back, and this is just a ploy, and he'll, yeah. this won't be the end. So that's the MES Sports now prediction of that. Uh, but I just think they have a lot of question marks that answer tight end position-wise. They draft a lot of players, but drafting doesn't automatically mean they're going to be great in the NFL. It's obviously a lot of the times the opposite case. Plus, they're going to figure out what type of player Russell Gage is on that team, and then they're going to figure out their secondary, which... We all know at the end of the season fell apart pretty badly, and we're getting burned by a lot of players. Uh, and uh, speaking of a lot of players, Cooper Cup, you know, in that NFC. Okay, wait a second. NFC so wait, so game. so you're putting Tampa at number two. Yeah, that means you're number one. I know who you're putting at number one. Who? Well, you just mentioned his team. You putting the Rams at number one? Yeah, number one. Mm-hmm. I think when you're the Super Bowl uh, champions. And you don't lose anyone other than Von Miller of value. I mean, you probably get OBJ back, but you basically are intact. Plus, you add Bobby Wagner to this franchise. Plus, you add Allen Robinson to this franchise. You basically become better. Now you have the 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 squad of uh, Cooper Cup, um, maybe OBJ, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson are your wide receivers. You got Matthew Stafford. You got Cam Akers as your running back, plus Henderson, who's done a pretty, pretty decent job of doing the off-downs. Cam Akers is now healthy. Defensively, you got Aaron Donald, who just signed to a brand-new you know, big contract. Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Gaines, I believe, is the other guy's name on the defensive line. They just they have the opportunity to destroy this division. It just really depends on you kind of, you know, where they go. And then the honorable mention, um, because I have to, I think the Lions are going to have a tremendous season as well. They're my uh, sixth uh, team on that list, but an honorable mention on the top five list because I believe the team they've concocted, the team they put together through drafting and through what they saw last season and now this season, 
it is their season to lose as far as getting into the playoffs and not getting into playoffs is on them. Uh, and I believe that this season will be the season when Lions fans can finally enjoy watching the playoffs because their team is in great position. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Dan Campbell, their new head coach, who I think has done a great job with this franchise, getting the new energy a little bit to them. Uh, and then them beating the Arizona Cardinals, tying with the Pittsburgh Steelers, kind of getting a little momentum going. And I think that momentum will finally carry into this next season. Plus, you know, Aiden Hutcherson coming in uh, and then Jameson Williams from Alabama getting drafted and, uh, now it's up to, you know, Goff to play with his new weapons and see what he can do and, you know, win some football games. But that's my top five. All right. Top five is in. So listeners, no episode on Monday. In case you haven't heard, Monday is the 4th of July. So we're going to be out celebrating uh, independence and freedom here in the U.S. of A. So no episode on Monday, but we will pick back up with you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Without you, there's nothing to do here. So we appreciate you. Please, again, remember to subscribe, share the podcast, umyesports.com, and then over there on Twitter, at umyesports. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening. God bless. See you.